understand. Prayer bells of heaven, oh, how sweetly they ring, bearing our message unto Jesus the King. When you are burdened down with trouble and care, ring on and on, for God will answer your prayer. Three Hebrew children to the flames were thrown, because a mortal king they would not own. Jesus delivered and the king then saw. Prayer bells of heaven beat a man may fall. Prayer bells of heaven, oh how sweetly they ring. They ring our message unto Jesus the king. When you are burdened down with trouble and care, ring on and on for God will answer your prayer. Into the garden Jesus went to pray Until his sweat became as blood they say Ringing the prayer bells there in agony Bringing salvation that we might be free Prayer bells of heaven, oh how sweetly they ring Bearing our message unto Jesus the King When you are burdened down with trouble and care Ring on and on, for God will answer your prayer. Sure. What about just over in the glory land? 248. 248. <clears throat> I've a home prepared where the saints abide just over in the glory land and I long to by my Savior's side, just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, there with the mighty host I'll stand, just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, there the mighty host I'll stand, just over in the glory land. I am on my way to those mansions fair, just over in the glory land. There to sing God's praise and His glory share, just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, I'll join the happy angel band, just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, there we Mighty host, I'll stand just over in the glory land. With the blood washed strong, I will shout and sing just over in the glory land. Glad hosannas to cross the Lord and King just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, I'll join. 
the happy angel band just over in the glory land just over in the glory land there with the mighty host i'll stand just over in the glory land Three forty-two. Three forty-two at the bottom. <clears throat> this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. How do y'all usually do that? Do you play a chorus or not? Or do you usually just sing straight through? Because we sing that first verse part. Sing, preach, do it all. <clears throat> Amen. It's good to be saved, though, ain't it? Amen. Everybody glad to be saved? Everybody here saved? Amen. Amen. Anybody got a song? Somebody just dying to sing? I've been thinking about it all day. Somebody has. Surely. <clears throat> Somebody, anybody? Brett, you got a song? <laughs> I guess it's my water, then. <clears throat> Ain't nobody got a song? I told Cole today, I wasn't going to get to go to nice for him to look like the way my wife went. He said, you probably weren't going no way. <laughs> <laughs> you get brained on every way you turn. <clears throat> <clears throat> I ain't got no hour and a half message, so somebody better sing. Andy, did you say you want to sing? <laughs> Hmm. <coughs> he said, yeah, I got a call from uh, Bob Phipps' son last night, and uh, he said, pray for Bob. He said, Bob had 
probably made his last trip out here by himself. He uh, just really went down, one eyes went bad. He got sugar, got several health problems. So pray for Bob. He's almost my age, maybe two or three months younger. Just pray for him. I appreciate him calling. Amen. Heard I've been sick. He want to find out how I was doing. So just pray for him. Amen. Anybody else pray for you? Praise you for Joe will be praying for Donna's mom. She's back in the hospital. So they were doing tests this evening to try to figure out what exactly is going on. And as of like 6 or 6.30, they haven't got any results back yet. Amen. will also pray for Donna because she's really going through a rough time right now. Amen. Boy, I work with, I've been talking to him a lot <clears throat> since, uh, I guess I met him about March. So since March, I've been talking to him about the Lord, and um, I know that the Lord's been convicting him, but he told me today that, <clears throat> and before we really met in his life, that uh, he was kind of open to anything. He wasn't raised in church or nothing, so any religion that somebody told him about, he kind of wanted to know. He was interested and wanted to know whether it be... Buddhism or Allah or whatever, he just kind of wanted to know, and he was open to it. And he told me today, he said, you know, for the past month or so, it just feels like the only thing that seems like it's real is Jesus. And I said, well, yeah, I've been trying to tell you this for months. But uh, he's, he's under conviction. The Lord's dealt with his heart. So uh, y'all just pray for him. He's, uh, he's definitely under conviction. There ain't no doubt in my mind. Amen. Amen. 
scares me the most is my kids. What if I ain't raising my kids right? What if I ain't giving them the best chance? <clears throat> That's what was really getting to them. Right. I couldn't do the one I did the 
Hateful, but we still love her. Our daughter, one of her best friends, her husband got cancer. They had a benefit for him Saturday night. They couldn't stay. They said he's getting, getting all over him. Imagine having to go through all this stuff without the Lord, without the comfort of the Lord, knowing that He's got you back. I couldn't imagine. I don't even know what it's like. Couldn't imagine. The world has got to be scared to death. Just all the time. How could they not be? <clears throat> I talked to Jordan yesterday. Sometime I called him and he wasn't popped up.
been in a lot of churches on Sunday mornings recently and there ain't this many people in them on a Wednesday night so thank God for our church somewhere you can come lean on somebody else get some help ask somebody to pray I told them in the back or I guess it was Wednesday before last last Wednesday sometime anyhow I told them that uh, it's easy with us just only being here all the time to really take each other for granted and go to looking at what everybody ain't doing when you go to other churches, there ain't nobody doing nothing. So we ought to be looking at what we are doing and what each other is doing instead of what we ain't doing. Look at the cup half full instead of half empty. Be thankful for what each other is doing because there's a lot in this church that do work. There's a lot that does do stuff and does try and does pray and does go. A lot more than anywhere else I've been lately. A whole lot more. So I thank God for it. That we're still alive. It ain't a dead church. We're still alive. Still some movement. Be thankful for it. It's easy. It's so easy for us to look at each other and say, well, they just didn't even come. Or they just ain't even really trying. It's easy for us to do that, but we forget about all the stuff that they have done. <clears throat> Be oh, thankful yeah. for it. I appreciate all going with us Sunday night. Amen. Amen. The second half of the message. The second half of the message. And it was, it was good. It was just as good, it's not better than the first. Still real sick. Uh, fevers. Bentley been sick for a while. Pray for him. Bless the Lord. 
CD. I ask y'all to remember me next week. I've got to have a PET scan for pulmonary from my lungs. Never had a PET scan. I've had the MRI, CT scans, and all that. They say this scan is going to take about four hours. And I cost plus extreme cost plus. Need a lot of prayers going next week for me. I appreciate it. All the prayers that went up so far for me. They <coughs> talked about a right good road to the hood right now. Amen. Well, talk there is. I didn't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> nobody got a song? Nobody gonna sing. <coughs> Still waiting on Brett to sing. I hear him sing all the time. Yeah. You sure you won't sing? Good right now. <laughs> I'll come pray. Jeffrey Turner, you lead us.
I want to sing that, so I keep listening to me. Got your Bibles, we're going to go to Romans chapter 8, where we start out. I got uh, quite a bit of reading, don't really feel like I got a whole lot to say. I know I probably say that every time, but that's the way it feels. I feel like I got a lot to read and just a little bit to say, but I just want to follow the Lord, do what I feel like the Lord would want me to do. Um, I kind of began to get in this message before Papa asked me on, he asked me Sunday night if I wanted it tonight, and I already kind of had this, and the Lord kind of confirmed like that that's, yeah, that's, that's where you're going. Um, I guess it's kind of odd the way I'm going about it, but I hope that it all connects the way it did for me, for y'all. <clears throat> uh, Romans chapter 8, we'll start verse 1. Romans chapter 8, starting verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the Spirit, but after the flesh. So if we're born again, if we're born again, there is no condemnation. If we're right with God, if we're walking after the Spirit, walking after the Lord, not walking after our flesh, but walking after the Lord, there is no condemnation to us. We're not condemned. I was condemned before I got born again because I was not saved. I was condemned by sin. I had the sin curse on me. But now that I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm walking with the Lord, I'm no longer condemned. I'm not condemned anymore. So I've got something to feel free. I can feel free. I can be happy. I can be excited because I'm no longer condemned. If I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm no longer condemned. But if I'm walking in the flesh, I'm condemned. That's what it says. It says for... Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if you're in Christ Jesus, you're walking after the Spirit. You're not walking after the flesh. So I've got, I'm free now. I've got something I can feel freed. And I feel freed. If we feel bound up, it's because we've started walking after the flesh. When we go to walking after the flesh, then we start feeling bound up again. It don't have to be some big sin that you're doing. Just walking after the flesh instead of after the Spirit. And you can feel bound. You can feel bound. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So he said Jesus came and Jesus condemned sin in the flesh because... He put, on, he put on the flesh, but he was never condemned. He was never sinned. So he condemned sin in the flesh because he showed us that you can live without sinning. That you can live a clean life and you can stay clean and never sin. See, he, was, he put on the corruptible but was never corrupted. So he condemned sin in the flesh by never sinning. See, we've all sinned. We're all condemned. We was all condemned, but now he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness, verse 4 again, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. So the law is not done away with. We should still follow the law. But now that Jesus has made a way for us to follow the law. He condemned sin in the flesh and He left us the comforter. And when we're born again, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. And where we couldn't obey the law before, now He made a way for us to obey it. 
Not that we don't have to obey it, but now there's a way that we can. Said that we, so, that we could, uh, so that the law might be fulfilled in us. The righteousness of the law. The righteousness of the law is staying clean. That's where the righteousness is, is being clean. So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So there that is again, walking after the Spirit. Not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The only way that you can stay clean is walking after the Spirit. That's the only way we can stay clean. For they that are after the flesh do mind things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh. Listen, we're not in the flesh. This is Bible. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So Papa, I've heard Papa preach on it before that a, a preacher had said that he is in the flesh so he couldn't not sin. And I've heard people say that before. I can't live right. I can't live perfect because I'm in the flesh. Well, I'm not in the flesh. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the Spirit. So if I'm in the Spirit and I'm walking after the Spirit, then I can live cleaned up. Then I can fulfill the righteousness of the law in my flesh. I can fulfill it because Jesus made a way. Jesus died for me and then He sent the Comforter when I got born again. The Holy Ghost now lives in me and He made a way that I can fulfill the righteousness of the, uh, the, righteousness of the law. So I have a way to live cleaned up. We can live clean. There is no excuse for sin. If you're born again, there is no excuse for sin. We can say that it's because we're in the flesh all we want to, but there is no excuse for sin. And there is no excuse for walking after the flesh. Walking after the flesh, like I said, it's not some well-known sin. It's not drinking alcohol or cussing. It's, uh, it's going to do the things we want to instead of doing what God has told us to do. Walking after us instead of after Him. So we're not, we're not fulfilling the righteousness of the law if we're walking after ourselves. If I'm walking after me, I'm not fulfilling the righteousness of the law. I'm not walking in the Spirit. And to be carnally minded, which is to have my mind on the things of the world, is death. That's what the Bible says. It says it's death. So when I, as a Christian, get to feeling down and out and beat down... And like everything I've tried to do is just falling apart and I think the Lord's turned His back on me. It's probably because I'm walking in my flesh. It's probably because I have a carnal mind and I've spiritually died. Because I, to, what, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. Let's see. Is life and peace. So any kind of life and any kind of peace that a Christian's going to have is going to be walking in the Spirit. Is going to be trying to follow the Spirit, trying to do what God would have you to do. I don't know why. I'm a human too. I, I do this same thing. And I'll get to thinking, boy, it sure would be nice to have something brand new, to have a brand new Can-Am. I, I do this. And then I obsess over that thing. And I get in my own mind. And then I die. Then I die spiritually. And there ain't nothing spiritual about me because I've been thinking for three weeks about how am I going to do this so I can buy this Can-Am. I do that. Anybody else do that? Am I alone? And I die spiritually because I get minded of the flesh. I get carnally minded. I get my mind on things of the flesh. And I die spiritually. I die spiritually and then I can't help nobody else. 
I can't help myself, everybody that I've witnessed to, that guy down there at work that the Lord's been dealing with, he has questions every single time I'm with him. Every time. But if my mind has been on buying a new Can-Am, how am I going to help him? How am I going to feed him? My mind's carnal. I've died. I've spiritually died. Carnally minded is death. So if my mind's only on pleasing myself and doing what I want to, I know this is what it is all the time, and that's fine. Apparently the Lord needs to get this across. But he's getting it across to me, I know that for sure. But if my mind is on things of the world instead of on God, then I'm dead, then I've died, and I am spiritually dead. Every day, every week, our mind and our focus should be on telling somebody about Jesus. To be telling somebody about the Lord. And if you're born again and you're not doing that, you're not happy. If you're not, it, it's a simple solution that somehow we forget as humans that we think that we can make ourselves happy. I cannot make myself happy. There's no way that I can make myself happy. The only way I'm going to be happy is following God. I can't do the things of the world and become happy. I can't buy a new house and be happy. I can't buy a new car and be happy. I can't go to West Virginia and ride and be happy. I can't go to Myrtle Beach and hang out for a week and that make me happy. I've got to follow the Spirit in order for me to be happy. I'm not saying the Lord don't want you to enjoy life, but I believe you can enjoy life following Him. Following the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. <clears throat> Verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit, of, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So the Spirit will do this. It ain't me that does it. It's not me that gets excited about following Jesus. But if I'm born again, something down on the inside of me says, Tell them about me. It says, Tell them about me. It brings me to life. I can't bring myself to life. It's got to be the Spirit. The Spirit will bring me to life. If there's nothing on, on, down on the inside of you that's telling you to go to church, then the Spirit ain't in there. He said that He would quicken your mortal bodies. The, let's see. Read that again, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you... So that same one. That's that same one. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the same one that raised Jesus from the dead. If He dwells in you, so that's the same one that's inside of me. That one that physically brought Jesus back from the dead is the one that's living inside of me. Man, that's exciting. That's big words. That's big time. That Holy Ghost of God lives on the inside of me. I've got something to be happy about. I've got something to be excited about, and I've got something to tell somebody else about. I've got something to tell somebody else about. <clears throat> but if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So He's going to bring us to life. He's going to bring us to life. Therefore, verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. So I'm in debt to the Lord. Because the Lord saved me, because I was once bound, I was once condemned, and now I've been set free. So I'm in debt to the Lord. I owe everything I've got to the Lord. But it's not a, it's not a bad thing. 
It's not a torturous thing or something to be sad about that, well, I have to live for the Lord. It's something to be excited about because I was condemned and I was bound and I was dead and now the Spirit of God has quickened me and made me alive and now I'm free and I get to go to church and I get to tell somebody about Jesus because I once was bound by sin and I had no other choice but to live in sin. I had no other choice but to do what this flesh wanted and to do what the devil wanted, but now I'm free. Now I get to live in the Spirit. And now I get to have the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of me. I'm in debt to Him, but it's a good debt. Boy, I'm excited about it. I'm glad that I get to tell somebody about Him. I owe it, I owe it to Jesus to tell the world about Him, but I'm glad that I do. I'm glad that I get to tell somebody. <clears throat> For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit, listen here, do mortify the deeds of your body, ye shall live. Mortify. That's to kill. That's to kill. But if ye, let's see, but if ye through the Spirit do kill, do mortify, do kill the deeds of your body, ye shall live. So them things that I want to do, I got to kill them. If I want to live, if I want to spiritually live, and I really want my relationship with God to be exciting and me to be close to God, the modern day church does not have this. We don't have this. We ain't got it. I ain't got it like I ought to. I just ain't. I've got to kill the deeds of my mortal body. I've got to kill the things that my flesh wants to do. My flesh wants to kill me. My flesh wants me to die. My flesh is dying. I shared a thing on Facebook today that said, uh, your flesh don't care where you spend eternity because it ain't going. My flesh ain't going. My flesh don't care what I do. It don't care nothing about me being spiritual. My flesh, it matters not to my flesh. So these things that my flesh wants to do has nothing to do with the Spirit. Has nothing to do with it. I mean, it, it just don't. Don't have nothing to do with it. So all this stuff, this extra stuff that we do that ain't got nothing to do with God's killing us. It says to kill, let's see, to, to mortify the deeds of the, of, let's see. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Life, living, happy, joy, peace, excitement, comfort, all of it just comes from God, just comes from serving God. Somebody that's born again cannot have any of that outside of the will of God. And it's not some big sin being outside of the will of God is doing what you want to do. That's outside of the will of God. You got God's will and then you got my will. I got to be in His will, not in my will, but His. Justin said it multiple times. He didn't want to preach, but the Spirit did because he wanted to please God. If he hadn't preached, and this is what the Lord told me, either announce your call or you're not in my will. So I had to kill the deeds of my mortal body because my mortal body did not want to do this. Didn't want to do that. Didn't want to preach. Didn't want to have to be committed to doing something because I knew other people would start calling me. I knew Papa would make me stand on Wednesday nights. But the Spirit wanted to. And the Spirit led me to. And I had to kill the deeds in my mortal body in order to please the Lord. But that's where the joy was. That's where the excitement was. My flesh lied to me and told me that you'll be miserable. You can't do that. You can't stand in front of them people. You ain't even got nothing to say. What are you going to say? How are you going to come up with message after message? What if you got to preach twice in one week? What are you going to say? The flesh lied to me and told me I'd be miserable and I couldn't do it. But then the Spirit, once I'd done it, I was like, man, wish I'd done that a long time ago. 
Wish I just went ahead and done that a long time ago. Now I get to preach three times this week and I'm excited about it. I'm thrilled to death about it. I got to go to a, a nursing home by myself on Saturday. A place I ain't never been and nobody going with me and I'm excited about it. Lord have mercy, my flesh lied to me. My flesh lied to me, told me you'd have to do some stuff by yourself and I wouldn't be excited about it. It's a liar. My flesh is a liar. And it ain't just preaching. It's just doing the will of God. Your flesh will tell you, boy, you'll be much happier on Wednesday night if you just stay home and sit in a recliner and go to bed by 8 o'clock. You'll feel so much better. Come Thursday morning, you'll be rested up. That's what your flesh will tell you. But the Bible says to kill them deeds. It says to kill it. If you want to live, if you want to have life, if you want to be spiritual, you've got to kill them. You've got to kill that because the joy comes from the Lord. Life comes from the Lord. And if you want them things, you've got to serve the Lord. You've got to kill them deeds of your mortal body. <clears throat> 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So in order to be a son of God, you've got to be led by Him. Bible. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So instead, we, uh, you have not received the spirit of bondage again. So I'm, it's not a spirit of bondage that I am bound to the Lord. I was bound to sin. Now I am freed from sin. It's not something that I'm bound and it's just a bad thing. It's not that I have to endure something hard. I have to endure to put the labor in, put the work in, but it's life. But it's life. I'm not bound. My body, I'm not bound to the flesh anymore. <clears throat> spirit of bondage again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Well, I'm adopted into the family of God. The creator of creation, the one that made me and you, the one that made everything, the one that made Jesus, the one that made the universe. I'm now adopted into his family. I'm now his son.
I get to go right there with him. I get to be counted right among him as a son of God. I'm a son of God. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I get this freely. I get this for Why would you not want that? Why would you not want to be a son of God? Why would you not want to be an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ? Christ has done come and paid the debt. It's mine freely. All I got to do is reach out and get it. That's all I got to do. Here it is. Here it is. You want it? You can be born again. He wants to save you. He wants to save whosoever. If you ain't born again, He wants to save you. I promise you. He died for all. He didn't just die for me and Brett and Bill. He died for us all. He wants to save you. He loves you. And if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified with Him. So number one now, we get the same inheritance. But number two, we've got the same responsibility. Now, I can't live and die for nobody, but I've got the same responsibility as Christ. It said there at the middle of that verse, if so be that we suffer with Him. Jesus had to suffer. Jesus' life wasn't just a bed of roses. Us as American Christians believe that our life is supposed to be a bed of roses. Believe that we're just supposed to have it made. Nothing's ever supposed to go wrong. We're supposed to have a pocket full of money and a nice house and a nice car. And we just float on through life. And we come to church when we feel like it. And we don't really have to talk to nobody about God. And everything's going to be good. That ain't the Bible. That ain't the Bible. It says, if so be that we suffer with him. So I've got the same inheritance, but I've got the same responsibility. Jesus' responsibility on earth was to glorify the Father, was to glorify God. Jesus never took credit for anything. He always gave credit to the Father. He said, it's the Father done it through me. It wasn't just Jesus, it was the Father. And that's what our responsibility is. Uh, Let's see, Matthew 16, 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So I've got a cross to bear. There's a cross for me to bear and a cross for you to bear. And I'm a joint heir with Christ if I follow him. If I suffer with him, if I take up my cross daily and bear my cross and do what I'm supposed to do. There was nowhere in the Bible that Jesus had it easy. There was never a day that I can find that he had it easy. Even from the time he was born, they was hiding, trying to slip around so that the king wouldn't get him and kill him. There was never a time. He never had a place to lay his head. He went, he went, through, uh, he went through and done all these miracles and was helping everybody, never done nothing wrong, never done any sin, and never had a place to lay his head, never had comfort, never was able just to get in his car and go to his house and go to bed like we're all going to do tonight. Never was able to, but the Bible says that we're supposed to take up our cross. He took up his cross. His cross was a daily effort. It wasn't just at the end. It was an every single day thing. It was an every single day thing, and ours should be an every single day thing. We've got the same responsibility to glorify the Father, to uplift God. That's our job. That's my job is to glorify the Father, not to glorify my flesh, not to please my flesh, but to please Him. That's my whole job. <clears throat> Turn real quick to John 14. John chapter 14. I hope all this ties in together for y'all like it did for me. John chapter 14, start at verse 8. 
Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast not known, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou them, Show us the Father? So I've been with you this whole time. I've done all these miracles. I've done all these great works. And here you're still wanting to see the Father. Can't you see? Can't you see these works that he's done through me? This whole time the Father's been working through me. This is what Jesus is telling Philip. And yet you can't see him. Yet you're still looking for something else to prove that it's him. <clears throat> Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. So Jesus is saying, it's not me that's doing this. Jesus by himself wasn't doing the works. It was the Father that was dwelling in him. It was the He was giving the credit to the Father. That was his responsibility on earth was give the credit to the Father and glorify the Father. My responsibility is to give credit to Jesus and glorify Jesus. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to glorify Jesus. That's my cross that I'm supposed to bear. On a daily basis, every day, for me to be an heir and a joint heir with Christ, I have to suffer with Him and give Him the glory. I have to show the world through the miracles of the Lord and Him working through me, Jesus. I've got to uplift Him and show them Him. Verse 11, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. So these works that we read in the Bible that Jesus has done, that Jesus has touched the blind man and he could see, and Jesus has made the lame to walk, and Jesus has healed the leper, all these things... These works that he's done, he said, if you believe in me, you're supposed to do them too. You're supposed to do these works. That's the Bible. That's what it says, ain't it? Now, how many of us have ever made a blind man to see through the, through the Father? I've not. I've never done nothing like that. It wouldn't have been of me if I had of it, it had been of the Lord. But I've never done that. But he said there in verse uh, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto, thee, unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So he's given us power through him to do some works. That's my cross to bear, is to prove to the world that he is the King, that he is the Savior, that he is the Savior of the world through my works. Through my works glorifying him. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. <clears throat> this message, I had a little bit of it anyways, but Butch, when he was testifying about his spiritual birthday on Sunday, he was uh, talking about how the Lord had spoke to his heart up there in his trailer in Logout, and then a series of events brought him to the church that day, and he was talking about this amazing conviction that was on him and how he got miraculously born again and it was just like, wow, everything was made new instantly on the altar. And then he said, where's the conviction? Where, where's that? Where's that Holy Ghost conviction? Where's that at? Because it ain't here no more like that. It's just not. It's not here like that. It not, I'm not talking about Mount Vernon. I'm talking about here, the earth and the world all around us. It's not here like that no more. And I thought, well, where, where has it went? Where has it went? 
Where has that conviction went? Because God's not changed. God's not changed. And if you, if you watch the news, if you listen to everybody talk, even the Christians, you listen to the Christians talk, we talk about how bad the world's got. Just how bad the world's got and how everything around us has got so bad. And I thought, well, wonder, wonder why that is. Wonder why everything is so bad and the conviction's not here anymore. We say that we're Christians and we come into church, but the, the, the convicting power's not here like it one time was. So I got to studying on this, and we're not doing the work that we're supposed to do. We're not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm not doing all I'm supposed to do. Uh, we'll flip over real quick to Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> So, I, I mean, I got to thinking, you know, why, why is that? Why, why? Even Papa has said that it's a whole lot darker than it used to be around here in life. Life is just a whole lot darker. It's a whole lot harder to keep your head above water. And I thought, why is that? Because God hasn't changed. So it just don't make any sense. If God hadn't changed, how come everything around us is so bad? Just in the last 15 to 20 years, everything has got so much worse. Evil has been around since the beginning of time. So it's always been here. But here in the last 15, 20 years, it seems like evil has just blew up. Like evil has just got so much worse. And I thought, well, maybe it's, maybe it's cell phones and technology and all this stuff. Maybe that's why evil is so much bigger because it has more access to get out there. And I thought, well, but God's still the same. So why, why is evil so great? It don't matter if we got technology. God's still the same. He's still the same God. So why is evil so much bigger than it one time was? <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5, go to verse 13. I'm winding it up here. <clears throat> Matthew 5 and 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Ye are the salt of the earth. The salt, salt is a preservative. Salt, with salt is present, bacteria can't exist. Bacteria can't exist in salt. So, the Lord is comparing us to salt. We are, uh, we are the preservative. We're the preservative of the world. The reason that Evil has existed from the beginning of time, but it hasn't got as big as it has now. Is because we was being the salt. It's because the church was preserving the world. Evil was still there. We wasn't stopping evil. But with us being the salt, evil was staying maintained. It was staying contained. It wasn't getting as big as it is now. <clears throat> it says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? I looked up at savor. And savor is a characteristic taste, smell. So we've lost our characteristics. We've lost who we are. We've lost what we are. The salt has lost its savor. That's the message tonight. The salt has lost its savor. The reason evil's got so big, the reason the Holy Ghost convicting power ain't the same as it one time was is because the salt, the church, has lost its savor. We've lost our savor. We're not what we was 20 years ago. We're not spiritually what we was 20 years ago. The Greek word for savor is moriano, and that is to become insipid, to lack vigor or interest, enthusiasm. 
to lack vigor or interest or enthusiasm. How enthusiastic are we about being born again? How much enthusiasm do I have when I talk to that boy at work about being saved? How much salt am I being? How, how much savor of the salt am I? If I'm not excited, if, I, if we don't get no more excited than we do in the house of God, and I ain't fussing at you for not praising the Lord, but if we don't have any more excitement about being saved in the church, how much excitement and enthusiasm and vigor do we have outside the church? At one time, at one time, the world was convicted by the salt. The world was convicted by our enthusiasm and our excitement. And they believed that God was real and the church was real and Jesus was the Savior. And they was a little bit afraid to do things around us because they knew that Jesus was real. They seen our enthusiasm. They seen the savor. They seen the excitement. They seen that Butch got saved and he used to be a drug addict. And he used to do all these horrible, mean things, but now he's not that way no more, and he is thrilled to death. He is just excited, burning the woods up, telling everybody he can tell about Jesus. Telling everybody. The enthusiasm, the savor, we're the salt of the earth. We're the preservative. We're the preservative of the world. Hey, Papa said it time and time again, if the church would get right, the world would get right. But the church has got farther away from God the church has lost its savor, and now the world, the evil's getting bigger and bigger. We're not preserving it from, we're not preserving the bacteria. We're not keeping, bacteria has to flee, can't exist in salt. So if we're the salt, the bacteria can't exist in us. And if I am the salt, and if I am the salt of the earth, then the world, the evil, can't exist around me. It's going to run off. It's going to go somewhere. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? The church, the salt has lost its savor. Nobody's convicted by my life. Nobody's convicted by our lives. The world, they can come up here and steal our converter off the church van because the salt has lost its savor. Used to, there was no way in the world, even when I was a kid, I'm 32, even when I was... 15, the real, real mean people would never, ever have thought about stealing from the church. They wouldn't have. Now they break in churches all around, burn churches to the ground. They never would have done that before because we was being the salt. Because we had that excitement. We had that uh, vigor and that interest and that enthusiasm. I've still got some enthusiasm about being a born-again Christian, about being an heir of God. Words it went that we was excited. We used to be excited about being an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. I have the inheritance of living forever in glory. I get to live forever with Jesus. I'm born again. I'm not the same person that I once was. I used to be condemned and dying and on my way to hell, and now I'm not. And the world should see that excitement. The reason they don't get saved is because we're not excited about it. We're not excited about it. We've got to get back excited about it. We've got to start following the Spirit and walking after the Spirit. The more you seek God, walking in the Spirit is life, is what the Bible says. So if you want excitement, if you want the joy, if you want the savor back, walk in the Spirit. Me included. Walk in the Spirit. Stop the flesh. Cut, kill the flesh. 
mortify the deeds of your body, walk in the Spirit, and get the savor back. I don't believe it's over. I don't believe it's just over and we're in the falling away and it's just coming to an end. We may be. We may be at the end. But I believe that we can still get the savor back and put a slowdown to it. I believe we can slow it down and do away with some of this evil in the world. I believe that Low Gap can be afraid to come up here and steal our converter again. If we was on fire and we was excited and we was mortifying the deeds in our flesh and the world seen us glorifying God through our works, then I believe they would get a little bit scared of Jesus again. They'd get a little bit afraid of it again. There'd be something that was scary about that thing. Used to, you would never have a social media thread about schools in Grayson and Carroll counties. That would never have happened. Why is that happening now? We've lost our savor. Used to be this was the Bible Belt. And I guess they still consider us the Bible Belt. But if this is all the savor for the whole wide world, we're in bad trouble. We're in bad trouble. It's not the world's fault. It's not that the devil's got any stronger, got any bigger, got any more power than he ever did. It's that the salt's lost its savor. It's that we are not excited about what God has done for us. It's that we are not excited about somebody else getting saved. We could care less if the world got saved or not. We'd rather go out and eat than we would tell somebody about Jesus. That's the truth, ain't it? That's the truth. We'd rather sit at home, watch a football game on TV, watch a race car race on TV, than we would go tell somebody about Jesus. Stevie, Stevie Golden won a whole bunch of people to the Lord there at one time because he was being the salt. He was being the salt. He was mortifying the deeds in his body and he was praying and he was going visiting. And when he'd go visiting, they wouldn't respond to him. He'd ask the preacher to go with him. He'd ask somebody else to go with him and people would get saved. Because he was being the salt. Because he cared. Because they seen his enthusiasm. They seen his vigor and it convicted their hearts. It convicted them because, you read on down here, let's see, verse 14 Ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are the light of the world. Jesus was the light. Now he's the light through us. So the only light the world sees is the church. The only light that they're going to see is coming from the salt. The salt, but if the salt's lost its savor, they ain't seeing nothing. They ain't seeing nothing. The only way the world's going to change or somebody's going to be convicted, where the convictions win is us. The conviction ain't, God ain't changed. God ain't no different than he was. But the convicting power is not the same as it was because the salt's lost its savor and we're no longer letting our light shine. We're no longer letting our light shine. We're <clears throat> pleasing the flesh, and by pleasing the flesh, we're hiding the light. But if we was pleasing Him and glorifying Him, we'd be letting the light shine. That's what we got to do is let the light shine. We got to be the salt. Shine the light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not that I'm doing the good works of me, but of Him. But it is my good works. It's my good works. The reason the light ain't shining is us. The reason, the reason that the convicting power ain't here is the salt's lost its savor. And if we get our savor back, and we can, we can. I don't know why. For some reason the church has got 
not us, the church as a whole, has got the mindset that it's just going to come to an end and that's the end of it. So we can just sit back and watch the falling away come and when it comes and Jesus will come back and he'll just take us on home. It don't have to be that way. There is lost people all around us on all sides of us. There's lost people who lives next door to the church on all sides of us. And we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. We can say we care. We can pray for them. But they've got to see our good works. How are they going to see our good works if I don't knock on their door? If I don't go tell them, if I don't have some excitement about me when I do go knock on their door, I mean, I can go knock on their door and say, church I've been here on Sunday love if you come be good and leave and I didn't go influence him to come at all why would it what's exciting about that why would they want to come if that's all the excitement that I get out of it if this is the place that I go to church and I'm just giving them that much excitement what's the use in them coming there should be some excitement there should be some uh, what was that word enthusiasm some vigor something exciting the salt has lost its savor. That's the message. That's what I got on my heart tonight. If we want to see our lost saved, and I believe deep down every one of us do, whether it's a burning desire, a burning burden or not, I believe that we've all got somebody that we would like to see saved. But if we don't get back to being the salt, if we don't get our excitement and our enthusiasm back, they may not never get there. They may not never get there. I don't want Sally to grow up in a world that's this dark. I don't. I mean, I just don't. I want to have the savor. I want to be the one that's got the power. I've been thinking lately. I've been thinking, well, Lord, what if you? What if I have to go pastor somewhere and then people just ain't excited? I don't want. I don't want Sally to grow up in that. And he said, Well, if you're the salt, if you're the light, if you've got the power, she can still see the power. I'm not saying I'm going nowhere. I'm not saying that at all. But I've just in my mind that's what I think. But then he said, Well, y'all ain't y'all ain't very excited up here either, so what's the difference? I thought, well, that's that's the truth. That's the truth. But it ain't just excited in the house of God, it's excited everywhere. It's excited on the street corner. It's excited in Walmarts, telling somebody about the Lord. If you was excited about the Lord, you'd be telling everybody you saw. Me included. We'd all be telling the world about Jesus. The salt's lost its savor. That's the reason it's so dark. That's the reason that that the evil's getting so many youngins. That's the reason so many youngins grow up in church and get out and never come back. Because the salt's lost its savor. There ain't nothing here worth staying for. It's what they see in the church. Churches, all the churches. It's what they see. Well, what's the point going up there? There's nothing exciting about that. All everybody does is talk about each other. Truth. Truth, we look at the glass half empty and say, well, they ain't doing that and they ain't doing this and they ought to do better than that and I can't believe they said this to me. And our kid's listening and saying, boy, as soon as I can get out of there, I'm leaving and never coming back. And that's what they do. That's what a whole lot of them do because the salt's lost its savor. If I was excited about the Lord and what the Lord's done in my life and what the Lord's doing at Mount Vernon and what He's going to do and the souls that I believe that He's going to save, if I was excited about it, I wouldn't be talking about nobody. I'll be praying, seeking God, asking God to do something, asking God to give me the savor back, give me my flavor, my characteristics, my excitement back. That's what I want back. I want the church to thrive, not just here, everywhere. Our whole community, this place has got bad. Surrey County's got bad. 
How many overdoses was that day? Anybody know? Bunch. Guarantee it. Probably. Ain't no telling how many died this week from overdoses. They're dying because the church has lost its savor. The salt's lost its savor. People's dying and going to hell. This is real. They're dying and going to hell because we've lost our savor. Because we just really don't care. Truth. At heart, we just really don't care. I want to care. I want to desire. I thought this before. I thought, Lord, why ain't I got no more desire than I got? I have a desire to have a desire. That makes sense. I want to want it real bad, but sometimes I just don't. I think, why, why ain't I? Because I ain't mortifying the deeds of my body. Because I'm still thinking through a carnal mind, thinking, well, I'd like to have this, or I'd like to do that, or this would really please my flesh. If I'd cut them off, I'd have life. If I'd cut that off, I could get the savor back. I could have some excitement in my life, excitement about what the Lord's done for me. Almost 10 years ago, I was a drug addict. Well, over, well right at 10 years ago, I was still a drug addict, dying. Probably going to bust hell wide open. I'd either be in hell or in jail if the Lord hadn't changed my life. And he changed me. And he pulled me out of that mess. Now he's called me to preach and I've got something to be excited about. I'm not on that same path that I was on. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I was a drug addict and now I'm a son of God. Wow, that's something to be excited. And there's a world full of them that could be the same way. whole world full of them that could, that could still happen today. We've, I don't know. For some reason, we've started thinking that it can't happen now. I don't know. If we're honest, we think, well, it can't happen like it used to because the world's got more evil. No. <laughs> God's still the same God. We're just not the same salt. We're just not the same light. If we let our light shine, it can happen today. It can still happen. Amen. Anybody else got anything? Oh, it ain't even on. <laughs> that is. <clears throat> Amen. Nobody else got anything?
the church. Amen. <clears throat> I'll be back at Liberty Sunday. I desire your prayers. Bless the Lord. You know, I ain't allowed mess like you. Maybe. We'll try. Maybe. Yeah. Too far. I'm going to be at Dunmore Rest Home Saturday evening at 6 32. So. Dunmore. Anybody else is all saying? <laughs>